Greetings and welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host, Maggie Cavanaugh. And today I have with me my brother, Andy. And Andy is an amazing man of God. I want you to take a look at the bio. Uh, he has done some amazing things over the years, uh, 29 years in as a uh, psychiatric nurse, as well as child evangelist, pastor, youth pastor, children's pastor, you name it. He's done it. So he's got all kinds of great stories and little tidbits of pieces uh, of over the years. But he's got a big announcement tonight and he shared it with me before we got started. So first, I want to welcome you to the broadcast, Andy. And can you let the cat out of the bag? Because I love the announcement. I sure will. I sure will. I, I am in the next chapter of my life. My friends and uh, family know this. But I haven't said anything over social media yet. So I thought, well, I'll wait until your show here to, to announce it. Um, I have been a, a, a registered nurse for 29 years. I've worked in open units, locked units, a lot of psych hospitals, uh, educator. Uh, I just turned 65 in, um, in November, and I thought I was going to work another year and a half. But a few days ago, I walked out of my office after doing a class, and I turned to my wife and says, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to retire. She goes, what? That's okay. So we get got the financial people together, and I, I signed up for Medicare, and I signed, you know, and uh, the December uh, 31st, uh, I already put my resignation in at work, and I'm re retiring from nursing um, and, uh, and so, uh, it's, it's a, a wonderful chapter. I'm so excited about this chapter. And I know that you are going to be missed and not replaceable in that sense. God will put somebody there, but because of your comedic personality and the joy of the Lord just kind of just flows out of you all the time. I know that there's going to be a little bit of a void there for those that, uh, that you work with. So have they have, is everybody there aware that you're leaving? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the nurses I work with were a clinical education consultant and we all train from home. Like I'm here in my my man cave, in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I work right here uh, during my day job. The same scenery that you see on my morning moments. I work right from here. And sometimes it's just like during the day and then now I switch over and re do recordings. But uh uh, all my all my friends and all my uh, you know co-workers all know that and uh um so it's uh now you know our customers the the people I've been training I train managed care companies and hospitals all over the nation and so some of them will realize next year hey where's Andy oh he retired so he's not doing it this year so <laughs> well, I'm I'm really excited because Lord's freed you up to do some things. I've I told you before the broadcast, and I'll tell the viewers, I was blown away when I met Andy because Andy does five broadcasts a week, and that is and so and, he, and sometimes he does more interviews because he he pre-records and then broadcasts them, and so sometimes there's more. And at being a broadcaster and knowing what all it takes, the time and and so forth, I was just blown away how you found time doing that while working and so forth. So this is going to free you up, and you've got some new journeys coming down the pike. Do you want to talk yeah. about that? Yeah, I have uh, one of one of my the nurses I work with. We were talking a good Christian uh, friend of mine, and uh, she she said, you know, Andy, one day this job's going to feel like. A ball and chain, and I realized it did, and I I felt that 
although it's been great, I'm very grateful for the for the career I had in nursing. Sure. God has opened more and more doors. Uh, with Morning Moments, Morning Moments is a five days a week recorded broadcast uh, and uh, mostly interviews. And it's been going on for like three years. But I just started interviewing people uh, a year ago, a little over a year ago, a year and a half now. And it's taken a world of its own. And uh, I've had more and more people say, if you do this and this, I will, uh, we can also expand it to go something further. And uh, I've been looking at a potential podcast, uh, maybe directed for healthcare workers, because uh, folks will never know what healthcare workers go through. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first time during this uh, pandemic, people are starting to realize uh, what nurses are going through and doctors and, and the stress that they go through and what it's like uh, to go through that, but how Christ can help you. And you can also be a witness for Christ wherever you work as healthcare workers. So that's one aspect. I also have some friends in music that's, that's saying, Hey, we ought to do something together and uh, not musically, but but maybe uh, doing some broadcasting. And uh, when I when I went through when I was putting going through my my uh, resume, so to speak, and I put broadcaster, my wife goes broadcaster. I says, yeah, I don't know that got in there somehow. I don't know how that got in there. Yeah, I mean, you are a broadcaster. <laughs> but but just to be open, and what I have found, and I I say this on my program quite a bit when I'm interviewing people, God looks at our are not our, our, our just our ability. He looks at our availability. And if you say, God, I, I want to be available to whatever you want, doors will be open that you will never, ever expect. Walk through them and just take those steps. And uh, don't worry about what happens with it. Just take the steps. And I, I was just thinking the other day when when somebody is talking about a hurts in ministry, and I've certainly had my hurts in ministry and such, but somebody says, well, you know, I, I just feel like I, I, I've been used. Well, didn't you ask for God to use you? Well, no, no, I mean, I feel used. Well, that's exactly what happens when you ask God to use you. He uses you and so does others. But what's the main thing is, are you used by God? Yeah. And uh, don't worry about being used by others. And so what they talked about, the misuse others do, doesn't matter if you're following God's will. And what I've been finding from chapter to chapter, and I've had quite a ride. And you mentioned child evangelist and psychiatric nurse and pastor. And uh, I was also a hospital chaplain, a whole bunch of other things going on. And comedian, y'all. And comedian. <laughs> I did stand-up comedy for a while. That's right. <laughs> And uh, uh, whenever you say, God, I'm willing to do it, he, he opens doors. And if you just allow God to use you where you're at mm -hmm. and don't limit God by what you think your talents are. Um, it's true. I, I've gone so far by what I have. I tell people all the time, I'm really not that smart. You know, if you only knew me, I'm really not that smart. I couldn't orchestrate all of this. It's God. And uh, even, even we were talking about our my guest. I, I've had guests that I don't deserve. I've interviewed three hee-haw uh, people from hee-haw. 
Uh, I just interviewed Eric Estrada and uh, yes. Jennifer O'Neill, and I don't deserve any of those. Uh, but somebody says, "Hey, Andy, you you interviewed this this person. How about that person?" And next thing you know, I, I'm I, I get somebody else on my show that's just sharing their heart, and I just ask, "What's your story?" And God just uh, just seems to open the doors for me. I love it. And I love the fact that you open it up to their stories because our stories matter and they minister to people because the human experience, okay, uh, without Jesus is very painful. But once he comes in and heals up, and I love the fact that you brought up uh, talking about church hurt because you were a pastor and you know what it's like. And people are always talking about getting hurt in the church and getting hurt, but they don't think about what the pastor goes through. I mean, my goodness, you talk about church hurt. You know, we've got maybe a couple bad seeds somewhere, uh, misguided or misunderstood or just downright mean in a congregation. But when you're a pastor and everyone's looking to you and the pressure is on, it's kind of, it ranks up there. I think that that's why there's so much um, depression and resignation within the church of having to withstand under that pressure. But whenever people step out in other areas, they're still have a pastoral heart. So with your show, even though you're a broadcaster, you still have that pastoral role and you extract those stories. And the reason I know this, y'all, I had the opportunity to be on Andy's show, I don't know, a couple months ago, two, three months ago. And and he does. He 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 wants genuinely wants you to share your story. And for me, that tells me that he knows the power of testimony. And and one of my favorite scriptures in Revelation is talking about the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and, and what it does, not just for us, you know, it reminds us, it calls to our remembrance what God has done for us, but for other people to look at it and say, daggone, that person went through that? Well, God's going to get me through. Yeah, I you know I think about uh, when somebody uh, approached uh, a person who Jesus touched, and they they started bad mouthing Jesus, and they go, "This, what do you know about this Jesus?" And the guy said, "All I know <laughs> is once I was blind, and now I could see." Yeah, I mean, and- what other testimony do you need from that? Right. <laughs> And so, so let me get this right. You were blind and now you could see. And when people think, well, I don't have a testimony. I really don't reach, reach down and think about the times God's helped you because that testimony will encourage others at the time, uh, the, a time of their need. Um, yes. And I, I love getting the testimonies from others because I want my kids and then my grandkids later to be able to hear the stories of how how God met our needs according to his riches and glory and uh, those stories of faith. Uh, and I love to hear people's stories and I love to tell stories, uh, the stories of things like, you know, I was my wife and I, when we were child evangelists, was in Eufaula, Oklahoma and sitting in a grocery store lined and they, she rung up our groceries and we were counting our pennies because we we're getting ready to do another kids crusades. And we were counting how much money we could have. And we, we, we had enough money uh, to buy our groceries. And the cashier says, uh, uh, I says, how much do we owe you? And the cashier says, you don't owe us anything. I says, what, what somebody just paid for your, your groceries. 
and I, you know, I turned to my wife, go back and get the steak, go back and get the steak. <laughs> uh, but, but that, that, that testimony, well, does that, how does that ever happen? It happens folks. Yes. And when you hear others tell that story, you think, well, there's times that I need, I'm in need. And if God can meet the needs of Andy, he could meet the needs of me. He, That's if right. he could use Andy, he could use me because, uh, you know, uh, the disciples when in the day of uh, at Pentecost or in, during the during this the book of Acts they they couldn't understand who these guys were they said they were unlearned and uneducated men but they have been with Jesus now here's my disclaimer I've been with Jesus nothing Amen. else matters does it because once you are with Jesus then you go forward and say, I'm qualified now. He equips, he equips so who he calls. He doesn't always call the equipped, but he equips who he calls. Boy, isn't that the truth? Because boy, when he called me to do what I do, I, I just, I shook my head and said, are you sure? <laughs> I am not qualified for that. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it's all about yielding. I think it's all about surrender. I think it's, it, it gets to the point where, you know, I, I put a post out there today and I was using the analogy of driving the car. You know, so many of us have I, I those bumper stickers, you know, that you used to see that says, God is my co-pilot. And I'm like, forget the co-pilot, man, just take control. And so uh, I was talking in my post today about letting go of the wheel and letting God direct us and lead us. And so he knows what we need before we need it. Like he knew that you were going to need to free up some time to be able to do the next assignments that he has placed in your life. And you were kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm comfortable in this job. I got another year and a half to go. You had your plan, but God had his plan. And one day you're just like, OK, all right, that's it. Yeah, I'm done. And so I love that uh, you're being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I do want to have I have a burning question. OK, because of the fact that you and your wife were were young in ministry and uh, doing the children evangelist stuff and everything. How long have you and your beautiful bride been married? We have been married for 45 years. I, I knew it had to be a while. And yeah. I just wanted to bring attention to that because that is such a beautiful testimony of the goodness of God. So and I tell everybody, and it's 28 of the happiest years of my life. Let me tell you. <laughs> Speaking of children's crusades, here's oh, my look. picture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at you two. You were so young. Is that Was that y'all's dog or was that just a, uh, a part of the... That, that dog was Meshach. He was... Meshach the singing dog, the puppets was uh, the puppets was a bendigo, and the gospel computer, the puppet house was uh, was called Shadrach, and Shadrach would would uh, I would open up with Shadrach, real high tech I'll tell you I'd have the microphone and I'd go, and make I'd make all my sound effects. My wife would be behind the behind Shadrach with the puppets. And uh, uh, and Abednego would come out. We do the little puppet routine. And uh, the last day of the uh, of the kids' crusade, I, I would go to the piano and sing, "My name is Ticklish Rubin. I'm from Old Vermont." A song that Spanky and the gang used to sing. And I would sing the laughing song. <laughs> 
And our dog, when I'd laugh, our dog would howl and he'd go, yow, wow, he'd howl. And and people, kids would come to church because all week long we're saying, Meshach the singing dog's gonna be here on Friday night. <laughs> and people would come to church. And I've often said that dog has brought more people to church than some Christians and some deacons I know. And uh, it's it's a, it's it's amazing when you just use whatever. And let me tell you, children's ministry for years. You learn to use everything that you got, and you got you you know because the attention can't span of these kids are so short. You've got to be on your toes to get to keep them, and uh, uh, so that's really my train. All that that those years of children's ministries trained me to do a lot of things. I can imagine. I can imagine. You know, I did women's ministry for years, and I do middle school ministry now, and um, and it is it is um, because of social media. And reels, the, they, their attention span is far worse, I believe, now because it's just that next thing, that constant stimuli coming at them with social media. And so I get that whole keeping their attention. I'm getting ready to do a conference and none of the speakers are speaking past 15 minutes because the kids can't handle it. You no. know, we give you that little snippet and then we're doing some worship in between and some different things to move them around. And, and uh, I was like, Lord, you know, it used to be, we could stay focused for so much longer, but the generation now it's much harder. So, so yeah. you did children's ministry and then you did youth ministry and lived to tell the story. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, when we did Kids Crusades, we didn't know any better. I, I was 19 and she was 17 when we got married. I mean, uh, and we traveled all over. And I, uh, we, I tell folks we averaged about 25 kids coming to Jesus every week. Some weeks we'd have 100 people, 100 kids come to the altar. Love that. Uh, and we'd go from, we we just, just barely make it from place to place financially. And... Um, but but we you know my, Kay and I talk about that. So it's the best times in our life. It really to be when we were reaching so many kids for the Lord, and uh, we just kept doing it until we decided well we wanted to raise a family and then get sure. off the road and uh, took different jobs in different pastoral positions, and uh, that didn't pay either. So that you know didn't make any difference. But uh, so so we uh, but during that time with children's ministry. Uh, and uh, and also being children's pastor and, and, and children's director in five different churches through the years, uh, I've learned that if you could if you could bring it down to a child's level, then everybody can get it. And I, I've used that same concept when I'm teaching even nurses about or uh, you know doing reviews uh, clinical reviews on arrhythmia atrial and afib and and just if i could bring it down to the level instead of trying to make it something you know impress everybody just bring it and and, that, and if i could bring it right down to the level of where people are at like children it uh, you could reach everybody that way okay like a child yeah, I think I think that more of us need to become like little children and receive and keep the simplification of the gospel rather than trying to make it a bunch of hoopla, you know, and we see that a lot in the church today. Yeah. Yeah. And and the faith of children, uh, when when you tell a child that, you know, God loves you, he forgives you, he died on the cross for your sins, and they go, okay. 
they don't try to intellectualize it and say, well, the philosophies of Nietzsche says, you know, <laughs> they say, okay. And, and God becomes real to their life. And uh, when you could reach a child, um, that message will be there for the lifetime. I've often said in children's ministry, you are planting seeds of trees that you will never sit under. So, so there's, you, you just plant seeds and go. Uh, my wife and I were in a church one time uh, years later after the kids, kids crusades and all, and somebody walked up to us and, and, and went up to myself and my wife and says, I'd like to introduce you to my wife and my children, introduced them. And then he said, we came to the Lord. Uh, I came to the Lord in, in, during your kids crusade. Oh, wow. And here they are with a whole Adults. family in the church and uh, the faithfulness of God. And then years later, we, you know, I've been kind of reflecting on things uh, at, with retirement years later after pastoring and going into nursing because of, you know, and I, I truly went into nursing because of a lot of hurts in ministry and I wanted to change careers, but God redeemed that too. God redeemed that and brought Brought beauty, brought beauty out of ashes during during yes. my rough times in my life, and he has opened doors for me as a nurse that I would never ever seen before. And uh, I, I've been on airplanes sitting beside people, and God so happened to put one person, maybe a big old ex marine, beside me in the last <laughs> seat in a in a in an airplane, uh, and and I'm sharing with him and telling him that God really loves him. He's got you in the he knows he's got you in the palm of his hands. And seeing that big old marine with tears rolling down his face, knowing that God has touched his heart that day, that happens because you're following God's will and your work allows you to go places. You yeah. see, God's got a call for each of us, each of us, and no matter what we I did in my life and what I'm going to be doing. I need to be looking for what God wants me to do today. It's a daily adventure. Yes. And I say, what do you want me to do today? You see, God knows your heart. It's up to us to hear his voice. Yes. And so if Amen. I'm listening to his voice today, then we won't miss that God orchestrated that person in the checkout line to sit, stand in front of you so you can say, well, you look like you're having a hard day. How's it going today? And then God just opens up a conversation. You see, Absolutely. but it happens when we're in tune that God is a God of plans and he's got purpose for us. Indeed. And I don't know how God's going to move, but I know he is. So good. So good and so true. Um, you know, I spent 15 years in marketplace ministry. And uh, I worked for one of the largest automobile insurance companies. If I said the name, y'all would be gone. We're good neighbors. Uh, <laughs> but I did that uh, to provide for my children because I needed a stable income and medical insurance and all of those things. But while I was there, the Lord allowed me to. Uh, I had a ministry called Basic Brothers and Sisters in Christ, and we met on um, Mondays for prayer and Wednesdays at lunchtime for Bible study. And I got my footing in ministry in the workplace, and God used me there, uh, praying for the corporation, praying for other people and so forth. And I knew that it was getting close to time for me to transition out because the warfare got so intense 
because for a long time is I'm, I'm in the Bible belt. I'm in the buckle of the Bible belt. I'm in Tennessee and I did it in Florida. And then I came to Tennessee and did it. But when I got here after a couple of years, man, I just had so much backlash, but it's because of my own uh, inability to see that God would take care of me. Okay. That I wouldn't step out of the boat. Uh, and I stayed in that position, even though I knew, you know, but I was a single mom. I had health problems and, 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 and wisdom from people that were not really understanding uh, God's transition on my life. were like, well, you've got health problems. You can't leave your insurance. You know, you got to stay there. And it was the worst time. And not that I wasn't able to continue to share the love of God, but whenever I stepped out of that, Andy, after I finally said, okay, God, I don't care. I'm going to be obedient to what you're telling me to do. So if that's you today and God's asking you to step out of the boat, and I'm not talking about just in your career, I'm talking about step out of your boat in your marriage and, and step out and in your, uh, whatever it is he's telling you to do, be obedient. Because if you do not um, listen intently to what the Lord says, or if you refuse to obey, you're in rebellion and rebellion will take you a place where you don't want to be. And so I'll tell you, it was such a, like a, a relief when I left because I, and I should have left a long time before, but the God's grace was there. And of course I repented and he forgave me. And, and now I do the things that I'm called to do, but it was out of fear that I stayed there. And so I guess it's all about, again, yielded and surrendered to what is he asking you to do today? Yeah. Like yeah. you said, that's good. And, and when you have those testimonies of yesteryear, sometimes those testimonies are not just for others, but it's for you to reflect on and say, if God met my needs, then he'll meet it today. Cause he's it's the same yesterday, today and forever. Amen. Right. And, uh, if he allowed me to do something, then he's going to allow me to do something now. Let me, let me, if I can, just share a quick story that happened to me yes. when I was a hospital chaplain. Um, I was working full time at the hospital as a unit clerk, and I was uh, as a, a what my chaplain role was a volunteer position, and it was just like now I'm working full time and then doing something else, like like. Uh, but uh, I have, well, there's a group of cards that people would write and say, I would like to see a hospital chaplain. And so do you want to see a Catholic a Catholic or, or a Protestant? And, and so we'd, we'd get the cards divided up and, you know, we'd see people. And so I, I went to this one room and uh, uh, I'm just going to say room 212 because I can't remember what room it is. So I went to room 212 and asked the person in the bed one Hello, are you so and so? You know, no, no, that's not me. I go, well, you know, I got the wrong. Maybe somebody got the wrong number here, maybe a wrong name or something. Well, sorry that sorry to, to interrupt you. I, I'm one of the chaplains here. Uh, let me ask you, how are you doing? He says, well, I'm a little nervous. And I says, well, tell me about it. Tell me what's going on. And uh, then he told me about how nervous he was because he's having surgery the next day. And uh, I says, well, what makes you concerned about it? He says, well, you know, I, you know, I don't have peace. I says, would, would you like to have peace with God? And he says, uh, yeah, I would. And I says, let me just share simply how you can have peace with God. I prayed the sinner's prayer with him, and he smiled, and he had peace with God, and he died in surgery the next day. Oh, wow. 
you see, I walked in the room, the wrong room with the wrong patient, with the wrong name, with the wrong whatever. But God knew. It, it was the right person. Yeah. So that that tells me, and those stories tells me how other times look around. God's orchestrated that person. God's put you in that neighborhood. God's put you in that church. God's put you in that workplace. God's put that circle of friends in you. And what you need to do is say, God, you know my heart. I want to hear your voice. And show, show me who I'm supposed to talk to today and take that step of faith. And, and you know, they may not always agree with you. They may not receive it. Right. But, but I've had enough stories that there's an old gospel song, the Happy Goodman saying, I don't regret a mile I traveled for the Lord. You know, I don't regret a single mile I traveled for the Lord because I seen what he did in the past and the best is yet to come. Amen. The Bible says that the best is yet to come. Yes. And so I'm at a time in my life, and I tell people all the time uh, that I'm not sure if the Lord's coming back in the next 20 or 30 years, but I'm pretty sure he's coming back for me, you know. <laughs> and so this is it. This is my, you know, my last hurrah for God, and I want to make sure that I leave and bring as many people to the kingdom with me. Amen. Amen. You know, you mentioned the voice of God and it's so incredibly important that we tap into the spirit. So um, could you, for the viewers that are watching this and they're looking at us like, what are they talking about? I mean, what do they mean? You know, is God going to say, Andy, this is me, God. Talk a little bit about that, Andy. You see, God wants to reveal his life to you. Mm. He, unlike what we think, he doesn't want to keep it a secret. And he speaks to us in however he wants to, because he's God and I'm not. That's right. And when I am open and have surrendered, we talked about keys, and my main key to today is surrender. When I surrender and say, God, I really want to hear from you, he will speak to you in any way he sees fit. Sometimes it's by reading the scriptures and the, the rhema word, the, the, the Bible just comes alive to you. I read that scripture a hundred times, but today it means this. He'll speak to you through a friend that calls. I had just, I had a friend call just the other day and says, Andy, I just wanted to call, talk to you. I hadn't talked to you for a while and I'm tell you how important you are in my life. That meant so much to me. He'll speak to you through your friends. He'll speak to you through your sermon. He'll speak to you through physical things. Let me let me tell you, there was a time in my life where I remember in a, in, in a hotel room in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I was going through one of the biggest trials of my life with hypertension. And I said, God, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. And my brother, who's a pastor, I was talking to him and he said, well, Andy, are, are, did you got aspirin? He says, yeah. I said, yeah, we were talking about all our physical ailments and our family history with heart and all. And I says, yeah, I, I got my aspirin. I take my aspirin today, but I ran out. He goes, well, you better go out and get that. So here, here my brother, the pastor is telling the nurse what to do, right? <laughs> and, so, and so I says, okay. So the next morning after me praying and saying, God, I need to hear from you. I went to the, 
I went to the to the office where I was going to teach some nurses that day. Went to the rental car, opened the opened the the uh, trunk. Is going to put my computer bag there in, in the the trunk of the rental car because that's what I do. And I looked down, and in front of my car, front of this rental car, somebody had dropped a bottle, a little pill bottle. I picked it up, and it is eighty one milligrams of aspirin. <laughs> and I said, God. I told you I needed to hear from you. Mm. And he let me know right then. Now, some people go, ah, that was a coincidence. You can say it what you want, but God spoke to me that day with that bottle of aspirin because yeah. somebody dropped it. Just so happened to be right there, right then. And I just so happened to ask God to speak to me. You see, if you're sincere in speaking, then God will speak to you but you also have to be sincere in what he says because he may not say what you wanted to say. God loves you enough to forgive you and take you the way you are, but he loves you enough not to let you stay that way. Amen. And there's times that, that God will speak to you in correction. He will speak to you in the lifestyle that you're living and you go, well, I wanted this nice goo gooey God that didn't care what I did. No, God <laughs> Here's what you do, and he wants you to live the life for him. And sometimes there's times of correction, and that'll take place too. But if you love him like you said you did, you say, okay, I'll do whatever you want. Because that, that goes in surrender. When surrender is your reasonable service, you can expect great things from God. So yeah. I want surrender to be my reasonable service. That's just what I do on a daily day, daily basis. Paul said, I die daily. So I get up and go, well, I'm going to die today. I'm going to die to self today. Yeah. And once we do that, then he says, now you're directable. I could direct you to where you want to be today. It's today only because I'll have a new direction for you tomorrow. Amen. That is so good. That is so good, y'all. Listen, I hope you're encouraged because I'm encouraged about that. I feel like I've been to church. <laughs> We're going to take an offering. <laughs> I love it. I love to see that the comedian comes out. So I love it. I love how God has used you over the different seasons for different reasons. And I know you seeped out a little bit about the key, but go ahead and wrap that key up with a bow there because okay. uh, I feel like you got some more in there. Yeah. The key, the key is surrender. When, uh, when we completely die to self, then God will open doors he'll, he has never been able to open before. Mm. Surrender is not just something that you do on Sunday morning. It's not something you do when they're singing, just as I am without one plea, and you come to the altar. <laughs> it, it is a lifestyle. Yes. People ask me, how do you stay married for 45 years? I surrender for 45 years because yes. it's not about me and it's not about her. It's about him. Amen. How do you follow Christ all this long? Uh, I, I've been a Christian 57, 58 years, something like that. And there's a lot of people that has started this walk with me and I look beside me and they're gone. They have, they're not serving the Lord and it saddens my heart. We're not in a, in a sprint folks. We're in a marathon. Yeah. 
That's right. And it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter how fast you're going. It matters if you're going in the right direction. Because yes. if you're going fast, but in the wrong direction, that's not going to help you out at all. That's right. So God, point me in the right direction. Surrender me. And I may be slower than others, but that's all right. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm in a marathon. And one day I'm going to cross that line. And, and as, as I've seen a lot of family and friend, friends just this year cross that line. And I'm going to hear him say, well done, and my good and faithful servant. Amen. And, and all of the things that I've done on this earth, it doesn't matter because I'm going to put that big crown on my head, the <laughs> crown of all the jewels and all the accomplishments I did. And then when I'm getting there, I'm going to cast it at his feet because I'm saying it's all yours in the first place. Amen. And I now is my chance to totally surrender to you as I, as I spend eternity with you. It, people go and say, You're, we're going to be bored in heaven. No, we're not. We're going to have a blast. I'm going to be there. We're going to have fun. <laughs> and, and the marriage supper of the lamb, you'll know where I'm sitting. It's going to have spare ribs and Dr. Pepper. That'll be my thing. <laughs> Dr. Pepper in heaven. Oh, you heard it right here on the kids of your best life. <laughs> I had, I had children. I had children in our kids, in our, our church, our, our children, a uh, church, uh, parents for the kids in our kids, uh, our, our uh, children's church come up to me and say, my kids are coming home and they're telling me that uh, Dr. Pepper is the official drink of heaven. Where are they getting that from? So I told them that. That's where, that's where you get, I, I told them that. Official drink of heaven. Says the nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all read the ingredients. <laughs> That is hilarious. Well, I am, you know, I'll tell you, I believe that it's going to be the best worship service that we've ever been in. Nothing on this earth can compare to eternity. So if you want to know more about Jesus, reach out to myself, reach out to Andy. We'll be happy to answer your questions because he gives us a life worth living. And there is so much going on. And just like the story he told about the man who had no peace, the transition the next day who would not have known the Lord had Andy not been yielded. So surrender and yielding is the word of the day. So any final comments before we leave the broadcast? If you're not, if you're, you're sitting there and think you don't know what I've done. You don't know my life. It doesn't matter. God loves you. He cares for you. God is not going to love you any more or any less than he does right this moment. That's right. He loves you just the way you are. He cares for you like nobody else has ever cared for you before. Just, just reach out to him and say, God, I need to hear from you. I need to know that you're there. And he will make himself known to you. I'm sure of it. Amen. Amen. So good, y'all. I certainly have enjoyed our time together, Andy. And uh, I, I'm excited about your new starting 2022, freeing you up to do some more adventures with the Lord. So if you're just logging on to this, you can watch it on the replay. If you're watching this on Creative Motion Network, please check out Andy's broadcast. He has joined us on that network. Congratulations, brother. Yes, I'm so glad to be there. Nice surprise. <laughs> 
I know it's so, it's so fun to have you on there as well and such a great group of people. You can get that by uh, logging into your uh, Roku station, adding Creative Motion Network to your lineup, and uh, or you can catch us here on the replay or on YouTube. And so I want to thank you for your time. And for those of you watching, we will see you here next time on Keys to Your Best Life. God bless you. Have a great night.